damn that gas. Uh, so I don't have the, um, you know, I have to take everything step by step. And, you know, at the end of what we did, you know, they were very much a quivering mess, but it was, it was major overload for them. For me, it was, you know, if, if I were going to rate it in terms of the things I've done, mm-hmm. eh, it, was, it was about one to a five. Not that I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but in terms of this was their level and that's where we went with it. And it was where I wanted to go with it. You know, I wanted to find out what their limit was. Mm-hmm. Um, they did really, really well, but it's that, you know, there are other people I've just, you know, we get together and bang, you know, it's like we don't even negotiation with, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Uh, actually, it was a friend of mine in uh, Chicago who had been teasing me on, this was back when I was on MySpace. Uh, this was right before one of the early Shabaricons. Actually, it was the second Shabaricon? I think it was the second or third Shabaricon. Purple Hotel, so it was third Shabaricon. And we just sort of met up, and it was like, hey, you want to play? So we went into one of the classes, and we started, you know, doing whatever we wanted to do. But end of the class, we, not, we were in the back room. We didn't, ignore, we didn't interrupt the class, but we were done. And, uh, you know, I'd done everything from, from breath play to, you know, major rope state. I mean, some mean, insane stuff. And I just I rolled over. I went, by the way, um... Is there anything you'd like to negotiate? <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> and then we went back to what we we're doing. But it's it's that kind of thing. And um, you know, my my pre negotiations are along, you know very much along the lines of, "Okay, what parts of you will break if I do this?" Mm-hmm. You know, "Okay, fine, let's go." Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. And, uh, I wish I could do that kind of, or even be interested in that kind of psychological profile thing. But it's something I'm slowly working towards. But I'm not that interested. I, <laughs> unfortunately. I, I think, I mean, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly understand your way about it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to hear because, um, I, I mean, I under, it's very similar. But I think, I, I know what I get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, um, aside from doing the photography that I, that I want to do, mm-hmm. for the person that I'm working with, um, if they're like, if, if they're a fetishist, then what it also becomes is I'm trying to make them happy. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, you know, yeah, I tend to take like the top role, but I'm very much, you know, trying my hardest to make it as pleasurable for them mm-hmm. as, as possible. Right. And so I'm not concerned with someone being, you know, what, what the level of difficulty is on terms of the spectrum of things that, that I've done. Right. But, and, and I know that's not what you were saying. Yeah. Um, but it, but I'm, what I'm thinking about <laughs> is, you know, I'm trying to push them for what they want to be able to mm-hmm. achieve. And I would yeah. always hope that they don't, that, that whoever I work with doesn't feel like they're letting me down if they can't meet, like, like if, you, if just because someone can't, it doesn't have the ability to do something like ever changing or mm-hmm. oh, yeah, or no. Bit Girl or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not, you know, they're they're not achieving something right. unique. You yeah. know, everybody is is different, and and it's and when you're trying to do something that's physically and mentally taxing for you, mm-hmm. trust me, it comes off. In, especially in the photos, right? You know, when you you could see it in your face, in your mood, in your posture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all right there. You can't hide it. Yeah. Well, it, it, I, I look at that as the synergy between the top and the bottom. I mean, I, I've always, you know, it's, it's like if you look at color, uh, the grayscale is the tonal, and color is laid over tonal. So you can have a gray black, a gray gray blue, etc. 
and um, the tonal scale of it, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, are you being the, you know, is it about you? Is it about them? Is it about the both of you? You know, what, what is the tone of whatever you're doing? Are you being the service cop? Are you being the, the service dominant? Whatever. But um, a lot of people do get stuck up in that, you know, because you are who you are, you have that reputation or whatever, that they don't feel, you know, like I said, they can't live up to it. Actually, there's somebody I know who's kind of one of my stalkers mm -hmm. from the Boston area, cute little girl, and she actually texted me a little while back that she didn't think she was kinky enough for me. And I'm like, uh, how would you know? You know, it, mm -hmm. it's, we haven't done anything. And, you know, it, it's... Um, you know, and, and yes, I can actually do other speeds. You know, I don't have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going balls to wall all the time. I mean, the things that most people are going to, you know, note or see in some instances are, yeah, okay, I'm at an event and yeah, I'm showing off. I'm doing something really big and showy or, or um, they've seen me at something doing a really intimate scene of some sort that's really, really intense. Mm -hmm. But that's with whoever I'm doing that with. You know, uh, when I was playing with Ava, you know, that's uh, somebody who actually was very afraid of playing with me because they'd see me play with, with Ava, you know, and we were in a relationship for a while. And Ava is a wonderful person and she's a really, really uh, awesome bottom. Um, she likes some pretty fucked up stuff, mm -hmm. but that's her, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's not something I'm going to be doing with you because, well, you're not her, right? You know? You're not yeah. the other person, you know, and, and it's something that, you know, it's something a lot of people, um, I think it intimidates a lot of people, and especially in finding out what their kink is. You know, I've had people I've been fascinated with. And I'm like, really, I want to play with you, and they're like, but I'm not that. And I'm like, trust me, the thing you are, I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you you have something that I want. You know, mm -hmm. and you know, it, it, it's I don't know the, the politics of the scene. Let me ask you a question: When when did you um, you first really kind of figure out that you you had a fetish of sorts? I mean, I, I've heard some interesting stories. You know, like you're saying about the burning, the burning your stuff, going through cycles, which is actually very typical of people right. who um, grow up with a secret. You know, right. they you know they something they're they're that you know it's not what it's not what their friends and their parents do, so they know it's different, mm -hmm. and they kind of hide it. And and you know, uh, I knew when I was 13. Okay, I knew. Nothing you know, nothing younger or any um, little I mean, inklings? Like I said, the, the thing with the, the inklings were things like um, the uh, the young Sherlock Holmes. That would remember, be how old would the young three? I mean, well, that I think was released in 85. So you got to assume maybe 88 it was on HBO. Yes, or how, how old were you so then? I, I, was, I was born in 80, so oh. I would have been eight or nine. <laughs> okay, see, I'm a little um, older. So I'm like, and, I, and I remember, you know, my, I don't know what I was watching at the time. See, I could have but babysat you. That's the scary part. But anyway, What's that? I could have babysat you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Dove is like, you know, he's, he's done uh, bad things to James. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember uh, my, my parents had HBO. And I remember, I think at some point. Okay, so we now we know have the answer. The true, the true perversion is HBO. Okay, go on. Well, but I also know at some point he still had Playboy Channel. Oh. Um, and... I remember being younger and like coming down into the den and turning something on. This is what I was telling you about, where something, something I thought was interesting, but I didn't understand what yeah, I was yeah, seeing. Yeah. So I, this was, this predates the, the Sherlock Holmes thing, mm -hmm. and I remember it was some some like porn esque '80s movie, you know, some Skinamax movie, mm -hmm. and what I saw was basically a, 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 a conveyor belt. 
mm-hmm. with these dudes that were like strapped to it, sort of like futuristic, like yeah. metal shackles, like they're strapped to the thing. Cool. And there's this woman who's like big '80s, like rock star hair, mm-hmm. you know, stilettos and like tits hanging out and everything yeah. like that. And basically, they get lowered like right up to her, and she like makes a decision, and they don't know what it is. And there are these metal jaws, like teeth. Right. That are basically going to decide if they're going to lose their their junk or not. <laughs> um, so either I saw this on HBO Hello? or Playboy, or Playboy Channel. Channel. Yeah. Or I have a feeling this sounds it sounds head. more like HBO. Or well, <laughs> one or the other. It was either that or this memory is all of a fabrication of my own mind, mm-hmm. um, which it could be as well. But I don't I don't think so. So I, that I was I think this. my my earliest recollection. See, what's but, funny about it, I have something similar. Do you remember the Matt Helm movies? Oh God. Okay, another one. <laughs> Matt, Matt Helm was a takeoff on, uh, it, it was a uh, sort of a comedy, cheaper takeoff on the James Bond films. Okay. And look at it, you love it. But the last one they did was, uh, they're going to destroy the world and only, the, you know, this, this bad guy's keeping all the women, whatever. And there's this great scene where he gets into the room where the women are being, they're being frozen in these octagonal, uh, clear plastic, like, cylinders. Okay. okay. And he flips a switch and this you know elevator music you know from the 60s comes on and all of a sudden rows and rows of girls in these octagonal clear glass with metal tops on on this conveyor you know thing that's holding up you know pulls it because this is the room where they're you know they're put into it you know as displayed and he's having this fight and for years and years, you know, as a kid, I remembered the scene. Couldn't remember the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Just that scene, and I'd masturbate to it. You know, this is like prebubescent and stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I totally understand that. I don't know if this was a scene. I, I couldn't. I couldn't remember if it was a scene, if it was my head, until I finally saw the movie again. It was like, oh, good, I'm not insane. Well, this is. The- which, yeah. which was really funny for like when I actually saw the new Sherlock Holmes movie mm-hmm. because it was already I was already tapped into the old right. one just from the the mention of it and then that whole scene where it's like uh, what's her name is uh, handcuffed to the thing where she's yeah. going to the saw and to the cutter in half I mean that was hot that was super hot but um, and you know where okay and you know where that comes from the old Dick Dastardly stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, you know. yeah. Sweet yeah. Gwen, I, I have your deed, young lady. <laughs> yeah. I will now take the farm from you. <laughs> no, 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 Mr. Dastardly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but with you saying that, it's funny because you were yeah. asking about some of the, like, yeah. when I knew certain mm-hmm. things. And we were talking about, like, people's experience and how we, we, we sort of deal with, uh, you know, what, we're, what we like to do and with other people and their kinks or whatever. Um, but it made me think of a conversation I had the other day with a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, um, she was very saddened by my statement, I guess. <laughs> but um, my statement for me is that, you know, I had certain experiences when I was in my teens. Okay. That. You said 13, that's when you figured it well, out. 13, this was probably closer to 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. This is when I really, really knew that I was not wired correctly. <laughs> And well, so whenever, let's first say, you, you were not wired to the norm. To the norm. Yeah, so-called statistical so, norm. Well, so what ended up happening is yeah. you heard these stories. These are the ones that I used to tell, and I used to leave out certain <laughs> details. But, the, but, but it, what it was was I would come up with these elaborate like uh, self-bondage plans, mm-hmm. and because of the guilt that I carried at the time, right. I wouldn't plan escape routes. Really? So... The um, so like the one that I told you about, uh, one of the crazier ones was with, was uh, 
I did like uh, I hogtied myself. But what I did first is I put a bag over my head and I taped the oh, bag right. around my neck, a plastic bag, and I had plenty of you know plenty of air to start. Right, <laughs> start. It's always to start. The start. Yeah. And then I hogtied myself in the bathtub and turned on the fa- and turned on the faucet. Now I didn't have an escape strategy because my level of guilt was so high about what I wanted to do, I figured if I didn't make it out, that I didn't deserve to make it out. So, Just as a caveat here, um, uh, uh, Jay Wiseman's uh, major sites, the things he actually found uh, medical sites on for, for uh, people actually dying in the scene mm-hmm. is uh, uh, self-bondage, where you didn't have, you know, didn't have an escape route or uh, you know, the escape route failed. Right. You know, or something like that, you know, just being left alone. Well, this was, so, there was no escape route. Yeah. I didn't even think that far. Yeah. This well, was, the point I'm making is yeah. this is like, this is, this this is that is, type of yeah, stuff. So if, 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 you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're thinking of this as, a, um, as an idea, bad. bad idea. Very he, bad idea. He survived and he's much better now. Yes. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I ended up, yeah. but the, the problem is, it, is that it was so intense mm-hmm that I and explained in this other conversation that I had with my friend mm-hmm. is that for someone like me, I will never be able to recreate that intensity. Yeah. So for, for me, and I think in certain aspects for her, I explained it to her like an addict that's always going to chase the high. Mm-hmm. So you always try to recreate certain things to get that feeling again. But you always, I told her, I, my feeling is that we're just chasers. For the rest of our mm. life, we are just chasers about the high that we've once sure. achieved. And maybe there are ways that you can do it. But um, I, don't, I don't think with, with planning correctly mm-hmm. and, and being that safe that, you know, it, you know it, that level of danger, and it's a very real level of danger sure. that I could recreate. And I mean, and that's not the only time. I mean, I told you about the time I suspended myself in my basement. Mm-hmm. I was like 16 years old. And it wasn't like, you know, we carefully put the ropes where we're not going to do permanent damage. Right. And we layer and we account for uh, uh, how things are going to pull. This mm-hmm. was skate laces. These were 108 inch long skate laces. Yeah. And all I did was tie around one wrist, tie around one ankle, use another one for the same thing, mm-hmm. sitting on top of a ladder, and kick the ladder out. You know, this is the type of stuff that happened. Yeah, yeah, and and, and shows up in a police report. Shows up in a police report, yeah. and you know, you're lucky that you don't bleed out internally. Well, let me ask like a question. That. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that was a large part of that was, I mean, the not having, not doing it in a smart way was mm-hmm. um, a product, like you said, of the guilt. Okay. Now that, do you still have that guilt? No. Are you? Are you? I mean, I, if I was if I was lying, I would say no. I don't have the guilt anymore. Catholic background or? Yeah, but non-practicing. Okay. Well, I know. But, well, you I know, always, what? That's I was like, like, like a standard Catholic yeah. background is a non-practicing Catholic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's sort of yeah. surprising when someone is a practicing Catholic. Um, yeah, but, but I was just asking because of um, guilt backgrounds. I've noticed, you know, um, feeling bad about yourself. One of the things I liked about growing up as a Jew is the fact that we don't really, we don't we don't have hell. Mm-hmm. So guilt is kind of you know, uh, if you're a bad person, you end up in uh, you, you go to purgatory, a kind of a purgatory area, and you know it's sort of like Ratinger's on a Saturday mm-hmm. night, but really bad, you know. Well, and then you go to heaven eventually. It, it was, so. but you know what? It was never a religious thing. It was a fear of disappointing my parents. But it's but it's that background thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know, but you know, 
my one my okay. my father wasn't Catholic. Okay. You know, and 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 my mom was the only went to church when, you know. So for you're weddings. blowing my theory here. So I'm so not trying to blow your theory. I'm fucking I'm just, with you. It's okay. You know, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, you know. There was a guilt background. In 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 my yeah. case, it was, but it was. The the it was always like I just was afraid that my fan my parents no, no, no. wouldn't discover my interests, which they did mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> Once when I was fifteen. Hello. Because they actually, um, we were just talking about some photos that you had done recently. Yeah. That I think are very very nice. So, uh, which ones were these? The, uh, the, the new ones the, that you're just showing me. Oh, those are the, the Japanese ones. Mm-hmm, the okay. Japanese ones. So, my parents, I mean, at the time, I had uh, we had a dot matrix, dot matrix printer, you know. And okay, it's so, really funny. I've had the earphones on for a second. I thought you said a dominatrix pin- no. printer, and I was like, wait, oh, dot matrix, right? Okay, sorry. So, so it was a dot matrix printer, <laughs> and this was, you know, AOL. If you could get a 56k connection, it was awesome. Oh God, yeah. You know, not that far, uh, not that long ago. Not actually. that long ago, yeah. but um, <laughs> for the younger listeners, <laughs> um, dial-in modems—they were the schnitzel, man. I had a 90s, I had a 14.4 modem, man. I felt like I was fast. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, so you're talking about an image that's maybe like 98k, 90k. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nothing. <laughs> And and you're waiting. It's the internet was a lot smaller line back then. by line, yeah. and you're listening for your parents coming up the stairs, <laughs> and you're hoping to God that they don't. But so I never got caught on the computer. But this was, you know, I was early teens. Yeah. I didn't know anything about internet history, mm-hmm. and somehow um, uh, my dad had discovered, you know, what I was looking at. Gotcha. So. In particular, there were some Japanese bondage-style photos mm-hmm. that are very similar to the ones that you, that you oh, have. Oh, do with the Yanos, yeah. Talking about, you know, a candle mm-hmm. and uh, looks like a lot of sweat or moisture and, uh, yeah. you know, and things open and just, it looks really, really cool. But the other thing it tapped into for me was the fetish aspect. Right. She was in like a, like a Sailor Moon outfit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I understand. And uh, I probably downloaded that photo of myself. So, and, and, back then. and what they did mm-hmm. is they printed out every photo oh, fuck. that I had ever seen. I guess that was in the history of the computer. <laughs> and like I said, we had a dot matrix printer. Well, that so must have taken fucking forever. Time. They confronted you with this? Yeah, but I didn't realize they were confronting me. It was a surprise. <laughs> they called me down into the den. Yeah. And they're like, oh, have a seat. Very calmly. Oh, have a seat. <laughs> and then I see I'm a stack. Oh, yeah. And I see a stack of all all the photos I've looked at. And some of them are pretty, you know, pretty disturbing. And some mm-hmm. of them are just super hot. So <laughs> um, they just ask me, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> And my mother's sitting there going, is it something that I did? Is it something that we did? Did we do this? Do you need therapy? You know, and so I promised that, you know, it was a phase. Yeah. And that I would never look at this again. Liar. Right. So what I did was I researched how to clear internet history. It's a learning curve. And what I started to do was print out photos that I liked on the dot matrix. So then it turned into a game of, I'm trying to print out these photos without my parents walking in. 
because those old dot matrix printers made a lot of if, noise. Well, besides the fact that they made a lot of noise, some of them were set up that if you canceled the print, right. At that moment, oh, right. it would be when you turned buffer. it back on, it'd it would be in continue. the buffer, and it would continue printing whatever it was that you were printing right, initially. Right, from the point where you left off. Right. Yes. So you had to be very careful. Yeah. And yeah. You, and Some I, of them actually, if you pulled out the um, plug, it would still retain because they actually had a, a battery inside. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, I got to be careful about that stuff. So that was that was the first time. Okay. I, I hear the Mission Impossible music going dun 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 yeah. dun dun. Yeah. The second time mm -hmm. was two thousand two. BondCon, NYC. Okay. Um, I was there uh, with my girlfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And I decided finally that I was going to stop hiding okay. and lying because I don't, I don't like to lie. I never, I never well, did, yeah. but, but it wasn't, it's not who I am. And so... Um, and also, we, it, that feeds the guilt. I mean, it feeds the problem. guilt. Yeah. But then we were going to the convention and my mother said, where are you guys going? When my, and, and my girlfriend at the time was wearing a PVC dress and fishnets and knee-high boots, and I'm wearing awful pleather pants and like a fishnet shirt. <laughs> I think and, I've seen you in that outfit, actually. <laughs> it's a different outfit, yeah. but this this one's much nicer. <laughs> okay. But but we we're going out, and so she said, "Where are you going?" And I said, "Queens," because my 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 mentor was in Queens, and we we're gonna stop at his place on the mm -hmm. way there and uh, pick up pick up two dominatrices uh, uh, to, uh, to go to the uh, convention. Yeah, um, we'll accept that spelling, it's okay. So we, we end up, uh, uh, you know, she ends up asking where we're going, and I say, I'm mm -hmm. going to Queens, what are you doing in Queens? I'm going to my friends, why are you going to your friends? Because, and it just comes out, because I'm going to a bondage convention, you know, for which my mother cries and stops eating for like three days. <laughs> And it was oh, the guilt. terrible. The it guilt. was terrible guilt. She get over this? No. Uh, no. She never really got over she it. She doesn't ask you any more questions, though, I bet you. She doesn't ask me any more questions. I mean, you're, you're of age at this point, so it's kind of like... Which I'm always do? her baby. Oh. oh <laughs> I mean, one of the things that's sad about it, though, is, you know, like you said, the, you know, forget about the, you know, religious background of any sort. Anyway, it's just um, as we grow into whatever is we're looking at, I mean, one of the things I envy a lot of the people I know today, like, you know, I do a lot, I've done classes for CV, which is Conversovaria, mm -hmm. which is uh, Columbia's uh, student uh, BDSM group. And the awareness, the amount of the material out there that says this is okay, you know, and gives you the background on it. And even going back, I mean, the 80s, there was a lot out there, but not like it is today. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was first looking for stuff and, you know, I was born in 63, so, you know, you're looking at uh, early 70s, 80s. Um, my first exposure where I went, oh, this is, I know what this is, mm -hmm. was finding um, Super 8 boxes in the garbage because there was a, um, uh, porno boxes, because there was a, uh, there used to be a garbage depot on Green Street about three quarters of the way down the block. Mm -hmm. So the garbage trucks would stop there before heading off to, you know, they park the garbage trucks there. So I'd find remains of garbage from all over the city there. And in Soho at that time, you did a lot, lot, lot of uh, dumpster diving because mm -hmm. that was how you, it was amazing stuff you'd find. But I'd find these things and I'd keep them. And I didn't, you know, I had other things in the house. My, my parents had the uh, erotic art one and two and my father had playboys and stuff. So, you know, 
I would see these things anywhere respond to, and then there was movies, tons of movies I'd watch. Where have you ever have you ever read the book uh, or, or seen the movie um, uh, the uh, celluloid closet? We've talked about. It. I just did it again, didn't I? Okay, you really need to watch this. Okay, it, it's a it, the book <laughs> is about um, subtext in the movies and how you're not always wrong when you look at it and go, did they actually intend to put it there? Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, with the Hayes Code and which was the if a couple were in a bed, they had to have one foot on the floor thing and all that stuff, couldn't show sex and all that stuff, that um, directors would get stuff in. Like, you know, um, in the movie, there's this great bit with Gordon Vidal talking about Ben-Hur, and God's talking like that. I, uh, you know, it's a biblical snort. I want to put something more in it. What, what, if, what, if, what if Ben and, and the, uh, the, the new head of Judea, the Roman, you know, because he'd been there before and they were, they were childhood chums. What if they had a, a more close relationship? <laughs> you know? So uh, he, he went to the director and the director's like, well, you know, I don't think Chuck would go for it. He's a little too straight arrow, but I'll talk to the other actor. So then, then they show the scene and, you know, the other actor, who's never forget it, you know, comes in and he's like, you know, bare chested practically in his Roman outfit, uh, you know, arms, you know, back and forth tits sticking out, you know, and like, you know, the lips quivering and then, you know, uh, uh, Ben-Hur, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, um, um, not Eastwood, uh, 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 head of the NRA, um, uh, Chuck Heston, uh, Charlton Heston, oh, yeah, so, yeah eating the ground like, you know, Frank, Francis X. Bushmill, you know, going, ah, you know, the chin out, you know, and everything, <laughs> you know, definitely with, you know, the, the shirt cut, one nipple sticking out, whatever, and they grasp hands and they, 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 they you know, hug and the end scene throwing javelins at a cross. And you're like going, something's going on here. <laughs> you know, you know, it is so homoerotic. And yet, you know, you're like, and when did this start kissing? Yeah, hello. You know, but that's, you know, the subtext actually is there. And, um, you know, so it, it's, you know, you look back, you know, I look back on, on where I was coming from and you know, I had a sex, you know, my parents had a, as far as I know, a sexy health life, a sexy, a healthy sex life, a sexy health life, I wonder. And, and they were open about sex, but at the same time, they also had some interesting, like, my mom did find my collection, and she was like, you know, Dove, this isn't love. And I'm like, in the back of my head going, Kim, yeah, mom, I fucking masturbate to this, of course, you know. And I'm like, no, I don't think I, I want to keep it, you know, but I had also, also the porn. But it's that, um, I didn't have a guilt about it because my parents didn't give me guilt about it, even though they kind of gave me shit about it. Um, but, you know, other parents, you know, and I know a lot of friends who grew up from that time period, you know, who were afraid to come out. They were gay or, you know, they had some sort of kink or whatever. And, you know, it, it's um, it's not easy. You know, it, it, you really said you're afraid of, of letting your parents the, down when there really isn't, you're not letting them down. The, the worst experience I had of coming out about my kids. Hang on, new airplane. New player! Okay, I think we're gonna go there. So, with the worst experience I had about yeah. coming out about my kinks to somebody mm-hmm. was a real eye opener and basically made me closeted for like another like what four would years. So, I was starting to be a little more open about uh, my interests. Okay. And um, it was, I think, my five-year high school reunion. And, That's a kink uh, right there. And um, yeah. one of my uh, close friends from high school mm-hmm. basically like pulled me aside and came out to me. Mm-hmm. 
and it was very funny because he said like he was like apologetic because he said I was the last person to come out that he was coming out to. Interesting. Now this is interesting because this is I guess more information about me that you're not that familiar with. Okay. Is like the reason why I was the last person is because in high school I was the athlete, I was the varsity letter, whatever, I was the You you were the player. straight boy who wouldn't be. Right. Yeah. And so, but beyond that, I was a member of, you know, by proxy, a group that is not tolerant of anything yeah. other than, you know, heteronormative and, yeah, but still the most homoerotic group that you'll ever meet. <laughs> yes. It's the only time I've ever seen a group of men masturbate, in, like, together mm-hmm. in, in my life, still to this day, was on, on road trips. <laughs> This is what I love about jock stories and that whole but, thing. It's sort of like, you know, we don't like gays, but here. Yeah, it looks. No, we don't, but we masturbate together and we piss on each other's leg when we're not paying attention in the shower. <laughs> or or the best gag is uh, when someone's trying to get out of the shower because they're done. Right. In the time you, you lather up your bush really heavy and then you slap the soap on your bush so that your bush soap goes all over them and they have to rinse off again. Um, so here he is. My friend. Oh, sorry. I, I am now having like every flashback to uh, uh, what was the movie? Um, Porky's? Porky's and, and. Another movie I haven't seen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should, based on this. And, um, and, and, and oh my God, that's like. Yeah, I mean, that, that's like, like, gee, let's name any six, you know, college based right. gay movie. <laughs> but so here he is coming out to me. And I'm the last person he's told mm-hmm. because of all these fears and anxieties he has about telling me. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking this is hysterical. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. He's, he's, he's waiting for you to like to give him a right cross. Right. And so I basically said, you know, that's hysterical. And let me tell you why. And so basically, I came out to him mm-hmm. for all of my, that was my fantastic. kinks. Right. How did he take? It? He didn't take it well. <laughs> And, and you he stole never, his thunder, man. And, no, it's not that even that he. No, just yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I know what you mean, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. he wasn't able to grasp it or understand it in any way, and he would often, like, so here's somebody who's been closeted for all these years, mm-hmm. and now we're going to public functions, and all he keeps doing is outing me to everybody, outing me everywhere we go. Have you told him not to? Yeah. So I'm like, so so. <laughs> I am baffled by this and, and, and really kind of hurt. Okay. And um, I, I didn't understand, I can't understand why he didn't understand the discretion that I was asking for. And, um, and I learned a valuable lesson yeah. at that point in my life. It was um, <laughs> just because uh, someone is gay does not mean that they are necessarily either open-minded or liberal-minded, or kinky. Or kinky. Yeah. And 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 uh, it's a lesson that I learned once, and I learned again um, when I was living downtown with uh, uh, I was li- I moved in with a gay guy, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I was out one night, and he had a gentleman caller, and I had a captain's bed, mm-hmm. so I had all these drawers underneath my bed. He didn't have condoms, so he said, "All right, well, I'll just get one from from James." Oh, geez. So he goes into the drawers under my bed looking for condoms. Oh, I and just see the And what does he scene. find but lengths of rope and chains Latex. and, like, 
like a gimp's hood and high heels and leather straps. And, oh my God, I'm living with a serial killer. Yeah. And he told me the next day that he immediately lost his arousal and had to leave the apartment. <laughs> so he didn't even get laid. Oh God. So it was, you know, I, all these little other experiences just kept me like from being open. And, 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 and now I find mm -hmm. myself as like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty open person. But I feel like I have to know the person, yeah. and and I'm not as open as like um, some of uh, my my counterparts <laughs> that I've, I've I've come to know sure. in the past few years who are just they're out there and they're you know mm -hmm. I mean they, I don't I mean if you look at my 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 FetLife profile I don't even think has I don't even think I have a photo of me on there anymore. No, no, actually don't. maybe one. Uh, well, I mean, your your focus is also your, more your photography these days, but yeah. I mean, w one thing that's interesting about that is, and this is you know just as a it goes with this, something I've discovered because like I was a board member for Tess for four years, and I was her longest serving uh, um, webmaster from '94 on to 2000 something or other. But what I found interesting about the scene is that you know you think okay the gay scene. They love us. No, you have, there's the gay, there's the gays, there are the sweater gays, you know, there's, you know, all the different, and then there's leather and yep. kink. And the leather kink, you know, I mean, sweater has its kink, you know, gay has what it, you know, little, ooh, little, little tass slap stick on the side. But when you get to the hardcore stuff, um, the larger gay community looks, does look down on leather. I mean, there, there are bright exceptions and every once in a while they get their shit together. But um, it's a downward slide. I mean, the, the uh, leather community looks down on the, uh, the gay, uh, the, the kink uh, lesbian community. I mean, it's it just, you know, I've always, I've always pointed out that, um, you know, small ostracized groups that try to form their own world then basically replicate the very ostracization they're going through to other, other groups. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, I love the fact today that at one time, Gay was perversion, you know, in that sense. It was the, the, the you know, the societal concept of it. Now and perversion is perversion. <laughs> yeah, now perversion is perversion and gay is, is straight. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know it's, it's wrong and wrong is right. I mean, there's, there, there is that, you know, still that social, you know, I, I've had gay, we, we've had some gay friends who, you know, you're like, you know, they look at me and I'm like, dude, you go to, you go to a gay club, you know, you go to a, 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 a bathhouse and have anonymous sex. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't hit anybody. You know, and I'm like, no, you just hit on people, whatever. But anyway, um, you know, this, this is really great having this conversation. We have, want to do another one. With, yeah. We want to talk more about uh, the Federation and the other stuff because I wanted Wednesday to talk more about the rubber and some of the particulars that you're into in terms of. It's funny. I'm not actually, I'm not like, a, I'm not a rubber fetishist though. Well, I, and I've noticed this. You're it's not. Is, but, but, um, but, but you are a bondage fetishist. Yeah. But I, but there's a certain aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, it, 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 you know, it, it's 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 like the Jeff Gord thing, like that <laughs> always played heavy, sure. it's heavy in my mind, and some of the older stuff that mm -hmm. I've come across. Well, but that's that's, that's it, this, again, this goes out to the distinction of the fetishism that I like about you versus, I mean, like I love rope, but I also I'm a big Gord fan. I mean, I love mm -hmm. people as objects. I love the, you know, all that structure. I mean, rope for me is a specific. But I also, I love that old stuff. I mean, you know. And it's funny that you say that because the the people's objects, mm -hmm. not my thing at all. Mm -hmm. totally but you love the outfits. I love the outfits, not the people's objects. But what I really like about what he does mm -hmm. is the 
total loss of control mm -hmm. and because of the, the techniques that he uses you're he he basically he gives somebody too many tasks to have to pay attention to <laughs> at once yeah. for them to truly let their mind go to some place that's not in that present moment which is very interesting it's an overload situation. Mm -hmm. Or one of the things I also notice he does it where he basically sort of almost, you're, you're the central point, but you're removed from the equation. Like he's done the, uh, his fucking machines, his fucking machines don't fuck you, you fuck the machine, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, one of his devices I've seen uh, some interesting videos of where uh, the girl's strapped in and there's the dildo and she's being slammed into the dildo. Yeah. And you're looking at this going, you know, the mind fuck of the fact that it's not, you know, you you know, it's not the drill door or whatever. You know, this is you know doing thing, the job. Doing the they job. have to bend. They have to bend. They have to they have to conform to the metal, and you lose yourself. It's a different way of losing yourself. Mm -hmm. Very different way of losing yourself. Oh, how it, see, this is why yeah. the MIG welder is a must <laughs> because I understand electric pneumatic controls really well. All I need is Gord, a you have competition. I have. I only, I, 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 my coworker saw me one day and I was in our shop and, um, and we'll just say, uh, ever changing was paying me a visit oh, and I think you he told me sees me going into the back and mm -hmm. he knows that she's coming and right. he, and he sees me rummaging through our shop for materials and he goes, you're looking for shit to tie her up, aren't you? And I just started laughing because yes, yes, I was. So I found some nice mm -hmm. cat six cable, like spool of cat six cable, you know, and, 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 and that worked for sure. a little bit, but you come up with things. Like yeah. But anyway, we'll talk more yeah, about it in the future. Cause this is, like I said, this is, this is a discussion in and of itself. Okay. Yes. Thank you for coming. Uh, your, what's your, what's your uh, blogs thing? Again? Oh yeah. Um, it's uh, JS photography art. Okay. com. Spell it out. Uh, JS P-H-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y-A-R-T.com. Okay, there you go. And Man. if they want to get in touch with you, just uh, find you on FetLife. You can or... find me on, uh, on FetLife with, uh, as uh, Specific Kink. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I guess just, you know, if you heard this and that's where you're getting some questions or whatever, just mention that it's from, the, you know, you heard the podcast. And, uh, and you could also... Uh, Reach me at jsphotographyart.com uh, at at gm uh, gmail.com jsphotographyart at gmail.com. There you go. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow. We're going to get out of here and go like, get something cold to drink because it's yes. fucking hot out here. Thank you all, and uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, if you're uh, you know, if you want to, please please feel free to leave some uh, feedback. We've uh, I've been leaving some links up and stuff. Haven't heard back from anybody except a couple of people personally. Uh, you know, I'd like to know if there's anybody you'd like to hear from or, uh, you know, have an interview or any topics or just thoughts, process, bric-a-brats, things you hate. Um, send me a bad joke. Anything. Come on, folks. <laughs> anyway, you all have a good day. Bye-bye.